Hi, thanks for joining Your Body Advocate podcast. I'm your host, Ruth Cummings, and today I'm interviewing my friend, Sneha Raichada. She's the Dean of Education at the Ayurvedic Institute here in Albuquerque and in North Carolina. She talks about the basics of Ayurvedic medicine. This is a continuation from episode number seven, where I talk about creating your most effective team of health professionals. Please enjoy this fun episode. Take a deep breath to relax. Ready? Okay, here we go. You're listening to Your Body Advocate, telling your body's side of the story. The podcast dedicated to supporting and improving your body-mind connection so you can live a pain-free, passion-filled life, dissolving one body tension at a time. Discover the healing properties of your own body language, and together, let's explore ways to support and improve essential self-talk. Now, here's your host, Master of Encouragement and Body-Mind Life Coach, Ruth Cummings. Thanks for tuning in to Your Body Advocate. This is your host, Ruth Cummings, and today I have my friend Sneha Raichada, um, and she works at the Ayurvedic Institute. I'm going to read her bio real quick before we start. Sneha currently serves as the Dean of Education at the Ayurvedic Institute. She started in the healing arts by completing her master's degree in physical therapy. A graduate of the Ayurvedic Institute's Ayurvedic Studies Program Levels 1 and 2 as an Ayurvedic Lifestyle Consultant and Ayurvedic Practitioner. She then furthered her Ayurvedic studies with six months of study with Dr. Ladd in India. She gained her Ayur Yoga, Yoga Teacher Certification, and began teaching yoga and providing Ayurvedic consultations within her private practice in Texas. She also holds a Reiki 3 certification. Sneha shares her enthusiasm and inspiration about Ayurveda in the classroom and the clinic with the students as an instructor and clinical supervisor, as well as in the Panchakarma department with clients. She continues to practice through integration of physical therapy, yoga, and Ayurveda in the clinic as a senior practitioner and in her private practice. Sneha, welcome. Thanks so much for being here. Appreciate it. Thank you, Ruth. It's an honor. <laughs> It's so I, I um, you have always been a just a bright light and such a powerful leader since I've met you, and I'm really excited to have you here. I was um, remember meeting you, and I'm gonna I'm gonna spring an interesting question on you. Tell me about your soccer playing years in your lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> um, I actually just played in high school, but I love soccer. And the funny story is, is I, you know, I had a lot of friends that played soccer. That's how I got into it. And I actually had tried out for softball that, that season. And I got cut on the very last cut for the softball tryouts because I can, I can field, you know, I can, I can throw, I can catch, I can run, I can do all the fielding. But God help me, but I could not hit the ball. And my coach was so sweet. And they're like, come on, I just need you to hit one ball so I can keep you on the team. But I got oh my cut. Gosh. 
so many of my friends were actually trying out for soccer and I was like, okay, let me give it a chance then, you know, since I can't hit, maybe I can kick something, you know, <laughs> and that's how my soccer, you know, enthusiasm began, I guess, but I love soccer. Love it. Oh, oh, great. That's so funny because when I first met you, I was like, oh, she's a soccer player. And then when we were talking, you're like, oh yeah. And I, I just, I think uh, soccer players, uh, they, they recognize each other. You know, I think it's the way we walk and just the, the movement we have. It's a, it's an interesting thing. I know that other like yoga yogis would be like, oh, you know, you know, these types of yoga moves, you just, you, it's in different sports. And so I immediately knew <laughs> you were a soccer player, which I thought is so funny. So I have been doing a series of interviews to try to help our listeners find different paths to help their healing journey so that they can use Western medicine, but they can also integrate other uh, forms and modalities. And you are one of the best people to talk to about Ayurveda. And we have been lucky enough in our city to have you guys here and have Dr. Ladd. I've had, I don't know, maybe five to eight classes, I think with Dr. Ladd have just been incredible. And, um, we, maybe we could add a link. I know the links that you gave us are about his school. And um, if anybody wants to know more about Ayurveda, we highly recommend um, going there. Many, many of my best girlfriends and boyfriends have gone there and just, uh, it's just so amazing. But I wanted your uh, take. So the first thing is like, you know, just the basics of Ayurveda and how could a family add it to their life? Great question, because I think the beauty of Ayurveda is it's accessible for anybody. It doesn't matter. You know, you don't have to go out there and study it for years on end because, you know, at the end of the day, we're all students. We're always learning. So that's the beauty of Ayurveda. It can be as simple as you want it to be. So some of the basic foundations of Ayurveda is we we look at the world from five basic elements, which are your typical elements like ether, air, fire, water, and earth. We're used to seeing these, right, in everything. Ayurveda helps us to focus in of saying, okay, how much water element do I see here? How much fire element do I see here? Because each element then has like certain qualities, certain actions that it can create. And it's common sense, just like you would think, like right now, as we're talking, let's say I say a fire element in an individual, right? What do we think of as a fire? Even if we just think of it as a campfire, we think of like roasting food, it's heat, right? It's, um, it's warmth within the body. So that's what fire does within the body. It helps us with our digestion. It helps us to digest like everything that we put in, whether it's an apple, a sandwich, a chocolate cake, whatever it is. It helps us to digest our emotions because we think of these elements are within every cell, within every part of our being. So if I get something, let's say a comment, a criticism, something I hear, how do I digest that emotion? Fire element helps us to digest that emotion. And then what we say is all these elements are within all of us. We all have a different combination. So for example, you may have a certain combination. I may have a certain combination, you know, XYZ will have a certain combination. And then in this combination, then they come together to form certain doshas. And doshas are what you typically hear in Ayurveda called vata, pitta, and kapha. And this is what kind of determines like, hey, this is kind of like my natural balanced state. 
this is how much vata I have. This is how much pitta I have. This is how much kapha I have. And each of the doshas have certain actions that they help to contribute within the body. So when we think of vata dosha, we think of movement. We think of anything that has to do with like movement, circulation, maybe a hormone, let's say that gets secreted somewhere in the brain in the hypothalamus and it, and it secretes and then it travels down to XYZ location in the body, right? That's movement of something movement, blood pumping, it's movement, digestion of like peristalsis, the muscles contracting, that's movement, nerve impulses in the body, that's movements, so that's all vata dosha, communication, us talking right now, that's vata dosha. Bitta has more of the fire element, so it's more about transformation and digestion. So when we think transformation, think anything going from one substance into another. So food is the easiest one for us to understand right away. I eat an apple, right? It's a red apple, green apple, whatever it may be. And then how it gets transformed, digested, broken down into its molecular pieces, and then absorbed into the bloodstream. That's all of that breaking down and digestion. And same thing with the emotional mental component I was talking about. We get a comment, whether it's, you know, a positive, negative, whatever we want to put on there, but we get that. How do I comprehend it? How do I process it? How do I digest it and then release it? So all of that transformation, digestion, we think of as pitta dosha. And the last one is kapha dosha. Kapha is very grounding. It's stability. So when we think that in our body, we want to think like our bones, our muscle tissue, right? Everything that gives us that sense of grounding and stability and nurturing. Kapha is also associated with more of that water element. So more of like fluidity, you know, like our joints when we're able to wake up in the morning and we're free of pain and there's no like cracking, popping going on in our joints. You know, sometimes where you bend down really low and you're like click, 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 click as you come back up kind of thing. Yeah, that's, that's like that water element going a little drier. So we're hearing all the cracking and popping. But when that water element is really nice and balanced in kapha dosha, that helps us in, the, in like grounding and stabilizing everything. So those are our three basic elements. And then within these elements, all of us know this. We know when we're off, right? We've been to the doctors and we're like, hey, doctor, I'm not feeling right. I don't feel like myself, right? But all the blood tests come back normal. Everything, doctor's like, okay, well, you meet all these checklists, check, check, check. But you're like, thanks, but I still don't feel right, right? I don't feel like myself. And this is that sensitivity that we start developing in ourselves to understand, hey, I'm out of balance somewhere. So then Ayurveda helps us to really start understanding, okay, where am I out of balance? What's going on? And then through diet, through lifestyle, through yoga, through breath work, through natural herbal remedies, through therapeutic um, treatments, let's say, you know, like panchakarma, like you mentioned, different things, Ayurveda can help support the body and get it back into balance. And the biggest piece that we do as a clinician, when a client comes in is we really educate them. We don't want them to be dependent on us for, for their life, right? We want to make them independent educate them and tell them, hey, this is how you can start assessing your body. Obviously, the practitioner is always here. It's always nice to have that feedback, you know, but we really try to educate the client when they come into the office and show them like, this is where your natural balance state is. This is where you're off. And the nice thing is it's a, it's a conversation, right? It's not this 
crazy examination we're in, in this white sterile room it's a conversation so if we were having a conversation just like we are today it would be hey does this make sense to you Ruth do you see this in your body do you see this in your life and we're we're creating confluences and we're really helping the client to understand what's going on and how they can take control of that so like I love that and um there's so much to Ayurveda and I know I don't want to that's the whole point is not to, um, not to overwhelm people with, oh my gosh, there's so much information, but it's so simple really. And it can help. I've seen it do miracles in my opinion. Um, and I, I just, I just want to share it so, so much with my listeners. Like I know a lot of you haven't heard of Ayurveda and to really just, you know, just to consider. And so I think some of the, the things that come up for people like, well, what is, what does an appointment look like? And what are they going to make me do? Is it, is it medicine? Is it, you know, what is it? What do I do? Can you address those, those like fears or questions? Definitely. That's a great question. Cause it is, it's not like it's a typical doctor's appointment, right? Where you go in. But I always say, you know, obviously it depends on the practitioner, but for us at the Ayurvedic Institute at Ayuprana, the way we do it is, you know, with this whole COVID thing, we can do online consultations and hopefully, you know, knock on wood somewhere, we're really wanting to get back into in-person consultations as well. But a typical consultation will be, obviously, you have to do the pre-paperwork that gives a little health history of like just what's going on, you know, how can we help, how can we support, so that way we get to understand you a little bit more. So a little bit of paperwork beforehand, just so we understand what's going on, your past medical history, any medicines that you may be taking, the typical stuff that we're all used to, you know, come used to filling out, I would say. Then as you meet with the practitioner, it's more of a conversation. It's getting to know you as a human being. Like, why are you here? How can I support you as a practitioner in the sense of what's going on? Is it your digestion that's affecting you? Like, is, is there some physical thing that we're working on? Is it a mental emotional component that we're working on? Is there possibly like in the assessment as we're talking, you know, obviously we'll take if we're in person, we'll take your pulse, we'll take your blood pressure, we'll do an examination if need be, you know, assessing different organs, just seeing what's going on. And then we're really assessing your diet. We're going to ask you so many questions about your diet, Ruth, to really understand like, what are you eating? When are you eating it? How much are you eating? How do you feel after eating? Which a lot of us don't realize, right? Right now, everything is so focused on non-GMO, organic, which is all beautiful stuff. It's fantastic. But then are you digesting it? Is your body even absorbing the nutrients? How are you feeling afterwards? And one way to really assess it, and this is the part that always throws everyone off is, we're going to assess everything. We're going to assess your poop, your urine, right? Your sweat, because what, what are all those things, right? We just think of them as waste products in like traditional, you know, colloquial terms kind of thing, but the so-called waste products, they give us indication of how our body is digesting because stuff that I'm not digesting, that's the stuff that's being released off. Right? So I get to see like, what is going on based on your bowel habits based on your urination, based on your sweat. So we get to know each other really well by the end of that consult. <laughs> and we make everyone feel comfortable about it because we're not used to in our society talking about bowel habits, but then it just becomes this common thing. 
and it's fantastic because even in our school year, funny story is, is when you start off the school year, we say this to the students and you see everyone, you know, you hear like giggles and this and that, but then, you know, within a month, everyone's like, well, so what's going on with your bowels? It's just like a common question. Like, Hey, did, how's your coffee today? It's like, how's your bowels today? <laughs> and then we'll, well, it's, away. yeah, it may, it makes sense. You know, it does make sense. And it's something that I, there's a lot of things in our study that we don't talk about. And um, I think that for sure we need to talk about it more. It matters. And you know, <clears throat> you know how you it's hard for me to work on my my own family, for example. Okay. And right now, my uh, so my mom is working with someone else right now. She's working with a coach, a health coach. And the coach has her going through her um, her all of her pantry to notice what is in all of the food in the pantry and she wanted to take she she her homework while the coach was out of town was to take everything out of her pantry that had sugar in it and you know in our society it was like everything <laughs> and uh, it's just there's so many things we don't talk about and um anyway so i just bring that up because it's uh i think there's a lot that we're not recognizing and we just we just consume, we consume TV, we consume, you know, uh, Netflix and podcasts and, you know, news. And then the stuff that comes out with our emotion and our poop and our breath, maybe our sweat gets worse or, you know, we, uh, we don't tend to recognize that. And I think that's one of the thing about Ayurveda is that it, it really puts a shine. It puts a spotlight on, hey, let's look at the other side of how your body's digesting the world. So, so let's, let's to, to make this even more specific for our listeners, let's, let's give this a, a, a you know, just a, um, let's say Heather uh, isn't sleeping well. She's not digesting um, her food very well. She has a lot of anger from her family and the world coming at her. Um, and, you know, and, and so, uh, and her, she's only, she's really constipated and, um, yeah, not being able to focus very well, like just a, ba like a basic, cause I know everybody's so different, but that is the question I get most about Ayurveda is, well, what's going to happen? I go in and I do my consultation and it's so hard. It's like, it's like what happens in a massage. Okay. <laughs> I mean, there's so many. Uh, if you have a headache, it doesn't mean that we're just going to work on your head. It could be coming from your chest. It could be coming from your feet, you know, as you know. And so uh, it's hard for any of us to give a quick, um, but in the, in the describing a um, typical, uh, let's say that they can come for an office visit or even for a Zoom visit, um, what does that look like on the other side for them? Mm -hmm. No, that's great. So I'll continue kind of where we were in the sense of, you know, when we're assessing the bowels, when we're assessing all these different things, one thing we're looking for is toxins build up in the system. And in Ayurveda, we call that AMA, A-M-A. And what that is, is we say this is a like morbid, undigested, unprocessed, actual physical substance that we can see, feel, experience that starts forming in the body. So that's one of the big assessments that we are actually doing throughout the body in all of these terms, like, 
And AMA can be formed from the physical component. Let's say I'm not digesting something that I'm eating, right? It might be a particular type of food. It might be food in general based on what's going on with my digestion system. It could be mental, emotional components. We've all been there where we've had that comment. We've gotten angry, like in this, uh, you know, Heather client example, and there's anger. It's like, okay, well, what do you do with that anger, right? It's an emotion. At the end of the day, it's all energy, right? We know this from physics. It's all energy. So energy has to keep moving. It has to get transformed. It has to get digested and released. Because in Ayurveda, we say that if you don't digest that emotion, then it's going to go somewhere, right? And there's different organs within our body that have affinity to certain emotions. So anger specifically in this example has affinity towards the liver area because liver has to do with blood, anger, right? When we think of anger, we think of heat. Blood is red, we think of heat. So it has this connection to the liver area. And I've seen it in clients, Ruth, believe it or not, individuals that come in, they're eating beautifully, right? They're digesting beautifully, like in the sense of organic, you know, cutting out all this junk, right? All this stuff, wholesome foods, all this great stuff. And they're coming in, they're like, something's wrong. And then I do an examination with them. And I remember when we were doing this, a physical examination, I went to go palpate their liver. And it's like, they almost jumped off the table, right? It's like, I barely touched them, but their liver was so sensitive, Ruth. It's crazy because they weren't digesting that intensity of that emotion. And then we just worked on like, okay, how do we release that emotion? And it could be through so many different things to your point on the other side, like a treatment, or we call chikitsa it could be a variety of things it could be just little tweaks in your diet it could be little tweaks in habit patterns of like sleep like what you're saying like why am I not sleeping well what does my routine look like maybe right before bedtime how can I start affecting my sleep by seeing what am I doing right before I sleep because whether we like it or not all of that stuff impacts us, right? So we're assessing, and these are great pillars, like exactly what you said. Sleep is a huge pillar. If I'm not sleeping well, how am I gonna wake up the next morning? How am I gonna be with my kids? How am I gonna be with my partner at my work, right? I'm not gonna give my 100% and people will notice that. So sleep is a huge thing, but that's what the treatment would look like. Like we're assessing all of this stuff and then we may give them like diet recommendations, lifestyle recommendations, maybe like a daily routine. That's a huge aspect of Ayurveda. What am I doing to really build these habit patterns within my being that can help nurture me, that can help support me? So creating like these daily routines, maybe a journaling exercise, some sort of yoga, some sort of breath work. Maybe you need body work. Maybe we'll refer you out to a massage therapist and say, hey, you know what? You need to go get this type of body work to really release the tension that's being held in this space right here, right? Or Ayurvedic body work. It could be a variety of different things because then a treatment protocol will be based on you as an individual. No two people have like identical treatment protocols or it could be like herbal supplementation. We'll recommend herbal supplements based on what is it that you need. So they go home and um, uh, like, give me a, a, a Heather um, daily routine. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I, a couple of things that I remember that you said is she has anger and um, she has trouble sleeping. So then I would ask her like, okay, you know, 
when did the anger start? Like, is it just something that happened today? Like, you know, somebody cut you off and that's why you're mad right now during the consult, or is there something like you're just holding on to some anger, right? Because if you're holding on to some anger, then let's talk. Maybe I'll even refer you out to a great counselor. And that's the beauty of Ayurveda. It's very integrative. We want to include everyone. And the beauty of what Dr. Lattis taught us at being one of his students is, is true integration. Like what you said, right? It's the advocate of my being. So anything that's going to help me, why not? Ayurveda does not discriminate. It is like acceptance of all. So go to a massage therapist, go to an acupuncturist, go to X, Y, and Z. If it's going to help support you and let's create this well-rounded program for this individual to really heal and take control of their health. Exactly what you're saying, right? Be your own advocate. And that's what we really want to emphasize. But for Heather, I would analyze, okay, what's going on before you're going to bed, Heather? right? What are you doing? Am I, you know, surfing, still texting, still liking on Instagram and posting last minute things on Facebook? Am I working, you know, is Heather like a real crazy workaholic maybe? Is she having to work because, you know, let's say she's got kids or she's a single mom or she's a, you know, parent with, you know, two parents in the household, but this is the time that she can work. Maybe she can only work from 8.30 to 11 in the evening to catch up on her work. And then she goes to bed by 11.30 or midnight. So I'm analyzing all of this stuff. So depending on you know what Heather's telling me, but let's say she's, she's working late or she's surfing on the phone. She's got her technology. We know how that works uh, in this day and age. <laughs> so I would definitely talk to her about, okay, can we reduce some of that stuff? And the nice thing about Ayurveda is it's not forceful right? We'll talk with the client. What can they manage? What can they handle? A lot of the times that we'll ask our clients, you know, my husband's also a practitioner, Mitesh, and cool, cool thing that he always does with his clients that I've picked up that I start is, you know, clients are like, look, I don't have an hour. Don't give me an hour worth of stuff to do. I don't have an hour in my day. And then he always starts off. He's like, well, do you have 10 minutes? They're like, no, they're like, he's like, do you have five minutes? And it's like, who doesn't have five minutes? You know, it's like, who like, like just stop liking like five less likes on Instagram and bam, you got five minutes. Right. So then usually when he gets them down to five minutes, we can give you like simple things that you can just start doing for five minutes every day, Ruth. And then you yourself will start experiencing the difference. And then you'll come back and be like, oh my God, this is what's going on, Sneha. Or, oh my God, XYZ practitioner. I'm feeling this way. I've never felt this way, right? And then the five minutes naturally as a client, because of the experience that you're feeling turns into 10 minutes, turns into 15 minutes, right? All of a sudden you're starting to make those choices because of the experience that you are having in your own body. I love it. Excellent answer. Yes. So I, I, I know we mentioned already uh, Panchakarma and, you know, you and I throw that word around because we know what it, what it's about. And um, a lot of people are like, Pancha what? Yeah. And uh, Pancha, Pancha who? Um, Pancha who? Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, um, Ayurveda is so good about, um, about cleansing the body. And um, could you, could you speak to that a little bit and, and maybe describe, you know, Panchakarma? What is that? And, you know, the American version versus the other worldly version of, you know, you could do a, a month long Panchakarma turns into, you know, uh, 12 hours in our culture. But um, <laughs> yes, please, please talk about that. If you could, would that be okay? 
Definitely. I love it. Um, I love pancha karma. So pancha karma, again, like you said, pancha who? So pancha <laughs> means five and karma, very common term nowadays means action. So we talk about the five actions and essentially you don't have to remember any of this, but it is the cleansing program. It is the detoxification program of Ayurveda. It really takes a person into a deep immersive dive for a certain period of time. So you can really just focus in. It's like, you know, every day I'm doing my daily routine, but then sometimes we go on a retreat, right? For ourselves to really rejuvenate and relax and revive. It's the same thing in Panchakarma. We're going on a retreat for ourselves. Dr. Ladd has done a beautiful thing. So Panchakarma from very traditional Ayurveda paradigm, you know, back in India, all the way to what Dr. La has created in today's time. The beauty of what Dr. Ladd does and what he has taught us is he's helping us to meet the client where they're at. Into today's society is so hard for individuals to take like 30 days off, 45 days off, right? To do these intense detox programs, 21 days, whatever it is, you know, he's created a beautiful program where the person can start feeling this healing recovery in a week long process in a 10 day process. So then the person, if you've got two weeks, beautiful. If you've got three weeks, amazing. But if you don't let us still help you because we want to make this thing accessible. We don't want it to be like, you can only access it if you can study it for three years, or if you have 30 days, you know, in your life to take off. No, even if you just have a couple of hours, anything, anything, like we're here, we want to serve, we want to help people to heal. But in the, in the detox program, there's a couple of things that we do is we prep the body through different, you know, medicated oils and ghees and stuff that the individual takes. And what we're doing is these toxins we were talking about earlier, that thing called AMA. If we don't like flush it out of the system periodically, it's like sludge, right? It's like our pipes. It's like our drains. What you know, After a while, if we don't clean those drains out, it's like sludge builds up in those drains. And then one day it's like the water stops running down those drains, right? It gets clogged, it gets overflowed. Same thing happens within our body. All of our system, our, circula our circulation, our digestive system, they're just hollow pipes, right? That's where the blood runs through. That's where the food runs through. Everything runs through these hollow pipes in our body. Ama, the sludge, builds up in our system and it starts getting attached to those walls, into the joint space, everywhere. So in Panchakarma, we do like a deep thing to loosen up all of that sludge that's everywhere in the body, bring it back to the digestive tract, and then do certain routines, certain therapeutic measures through herbs and body work and flush that sludge out of the system. So it's really the flushing out of like excess sludge, dosha, ama, all this toxic stuff out of the system and kind of resetting that system. And in Ayurveda, it says it's best to do this during the transition times of a season. So ideally in the classical text, which is like thousands and thousands of years old, but whenever there's a seasonal change. So whenever we're going from like a summer into fall, let's cleanse out all that heat from the summertime. When we're going into a fall, into a winter, let's cleanse out all that like, you know, fall, winter kind of energy that we have in the body, which we call Vata energy. Let's get it out of there. 
when we're going from winter into spring, what happens is like the ice caps start melting, water starts coming down, everyone gets the spring allergies, the spring hay fever, right? Cold, cough, congestion, runny nose. Let's flush it all out of the system. So during all these transition times, these are perfect times to do Panchakarma and like really cleanse the system out. That's awesome. So tell me like, uh, now I know, but just for our listeners. So like if you, um, is there still going to be a Panchakarma here in Albuquerque? Is there still? Yes. Okay. We'll have it going, operating. If you, man, call them if you want an appointment. Definitely. Okay. I, I, it's been on my list. So yes. Um, okay. So I could just talk to, to speak to um, people here in Albuquerque. If you, um, if you want to try this, let's see, what's the shortest amount of time. Isn't that sad that that's what we asked, but it is <laughs> in our society. What is the shortest amount of time that could be a really um, uh, uh, successful, very, you know, useful um, Panchakarma time? What, what would be the the, the least amount? It's a great question. So the way Dr. Lat has set it up here is you could do a week long panchakarma where we have you do a certain amount at home prior. That way you're not having to spend those extra 10, 15 days doing everything at the center. So you could set, sign up for like a week long panchakarma where you're physically coming into the institution for one week, but then we'll have you do stuff at home before, and then we'll continue and show you and educate you to do certain things after. So one week at the institute could be doable in this day and time, right? Because you're going to do things beforehand and things afterwards at home as well. Do you need to take a full week off of work? Like how does that lurk for someone who has a full-time job or a part-time job? Mm -hmm. Ideally, because see what's happening in Panchakarma is we're removing all of these toxins, right? So when we're doing that for anyone that's done any kind of cleansing, forget Panchakarma, it's, it's grueling on the body, right? It's intense. It's a lot of like scraping happening, moving, going on. And when we're thinking, not only are we physically removing stuff, but even emotionally, Ruth, like, let's say I have a lot of anger or sadness. Maybe I've had a, a pet, you know, pass away in the past year. Maybe I've had a loved one, anything, anything that could have happened mental, emotional during this time, if I hadn't processed it and I, and the emotion just kind of got stuck in one of my organs, stuff's getting moved around during Panchakarma, right? We're loosening things up. So all of a sudden I might have a day in Panchakarma where I feel a little sad or I feel a little sense of anger. And I'm going to be like, man, I didn't do anything. Why am I upset today? Or why do I feel like crying? So in Panchakarma, ideally, we say, if you can take that time for yourself, then that's awesome. Because then you're really allowing your body to let go, to release, and really flush all of this stuff out. But to your point, what we've also done, again, with Dr. La, he's such a genius, um, in, in Ayuprana, because exactly what you said, a lot of people can't, right? You might be halfway across the world. So many of our clients are international, like literally Dr. La has touched, you know, all four corners of the world. And there's people out there, you can't travel to Albuquerque, or now that we're going to Asheville, you can't travel to Asheville. Like you, you just can't, that's just what your life allows you or doesn't allow you. So then we've created a home-based cleanse program where we have practitioners, I'm one of them, and we guide you through this 10-day home cleanse process where we literally meet with you every single day, 
in a community setting, go through it, help you answer your questions, what you should do, how you should do it. And even in there, we ask individuals, if you're able to take some time off, do it. You know, if you can't and you have, you know, family, you got kids, you got work, you got all these other responsibilities, then we still make it accessible because you're still able to cleanse. And so many people, Ruth, I'm not exaggerating. They're like, man, this is the first time I've been pain-free in my life. This is the first time I've been without this rash on my body. This is the first time that, oh my God, I realize like what it feels like, you know, not to have hip joint pain or, you know, whatever it is, I'm, and this is not claims that I'm making like from a medical side, right? If I had like my doctor here <laughs> that works with us too, she's like, don't make medical claims, you know? Um, but it's just the reality of the matter of just when I allow myself to cleanse and really understand the body, I start experiencing the beauty of how the body can heal. Amen. I mean, that's, that's my whole, uh, you know, um, hope to, to communicate with everybody because, um, our, we have moved away from what our, how powerful our body is and we don't listen. And that's the whole point, your body advocate. We are, I'm like, bring us back. If you have a headache, there's something going on. Don't ignore it anymore. And I, you know, so out of my so many years of working with so many people, it's like, that's the common denominator is like, we stop listening to our own intuition and we know what to do. We don't do it. And, you know, Ayurveda is such a beautiful way to, um, to, to help that. And, you know, not every modality, as we all know, is not for everybody. And so I hope to partner Ayurveda with some of our listeners to give it a try and to, um, you know, maybe this is the path that will help you. And also it doesn't have to be the path, right? Like all of us try homeopathy, try chiropractic, try massage, try whatever there's so many I've been I've been interviewing a lot of people um and it's been uh it's so eye-opening and there's so many wonderful uh ways to help us out there and so the um what would be three simple Ayurvedic steps that mm -hmm. someone could use today to help them you know you choose a path just help in any way Mm -hmm. That's a great question. Um, I'll give one for the season right now, right? We're in summer season, and especially in Albuquerque. Okay, so great. We've received some rain, so it's cooled things off for the just past couple of days, but we know the heat's coming, right? <laughs> July is not even here yet. So the heat is coming. So for the summer season, it seems like common sense when I say this, but let's say if you're exercising or if you want to be out, don't go in the middle of the heat, right? Because what's going to happen to the body? It's going to get burned out. It's going to get too dried out, especially here in Albuquerque, the sweat that's going to happen. If you want to go for a nice hike or a walk, go in the early morning hours, go in the late evening hours, right? Don't go in the prime of that super heat intensity of the sun, especially here in Albuquerque. And if you feel like, oh my God, I'm really getting like dehydrated or I'm getting, you know, just dryness in my body because I'm just losing a lot of sweat and stuff, then coconut water is a fantastic thing because coconut water is considered cooling and it has great, great 
electrolyte substances that can help rejuvenate and revive the body. And aloe vera is fantastic. It is great internally. It is great topically. Let's say you've been out in the heat and you've got that sunburn or you've got that rash going on because of the heat and the intensity. And then on top of that, you know, I love the green and red chili, but then I eat green and red chilies. It's like more intensity, more fire, more heat, right? So if that happens, then aloe vera is fantastic. Let's say you're getting a lot of acidity as my tip number two in the summertime, right? you can have aloe vera. It is fantastic. You can just take one to two tablespoons of aloe vera gel because there's juice out there. Juice is um, considered more like fast acting. It's going to be like instant, but it's not going to last as long. But the gel is what I usually tell my clients because it's thicker. Like when you see it, you'll see it's like the consistency is like jello. It's, it's like, you know, mashed up jello is what it looks like, the consistency. I would say one to two tablespoons as needed. Let's say if you're getting a lot of acidity, a lot of reflux because of the heat, because you have heat outside, you have heat inside, you're, and then you're consuming red and green chili on top of that. So that would be tip number two. <laughs> exactly. We're Last all good. Night, yeah. Los cuates. Woo. <laughs> I mean, it's so delicious, right? Oh, I mean, what? Yeah. yeah. And then I would say tip number three is what you're saying, right? Your body advocate, listen to your body and don't overeat. I think so many of us, we don't realize like, what is hunger? What is not hunger? Am I emotionally yes. eating? Or is it just time to eat? Because that's my lunch break hour. So I'm eating, but listen to your body and start understanding, am I hungry? And then don't overeat because that really, really affects our digestion, believe it or not, and then helps to form toxins if I'm constantly overeating or I'm constantly emotionally eating or because then I'm not digesting anything that I'm eating. So even if you take away just one thing from all of this stuff is don't overeat, you know, start cutting a little bit down, especially in those evening hours, because what happens? I eat this huge, beautiful, delicious meal, but then what happens? I just sit there and I go to bed. I don't really give time to digest anything. So make your biggest meal at lunchtime. We say in Ayurveda, right? What happens on the outside in the world happens in our body also. So outside at lunchtime, it's like, you know, sun is at its peak. It is the hottest time of the day. So you're going to digest everything. And the same thing happens in our body. Our digestive fire, you know, this whole concept is at its peak at lunchtime. So if you're going to have a nice big meal, have it at lunchtime. Don't have it as your dinner and start kind of decreasing that amount and quantity at dinner time. Wow, that's, those are great three tips. You know, I want to real quick, I want to ask you about apple cider vinegar. Tell me, um, there's so many, how does Ayurveda see apple cider vinegar, especially Bragg's, of course, I'm not sure if there is any other one, but um, yeah, just a quick, uh, you know, just a quick mention of that. Oh, it's great. We love it. Um, I recommend it also to clients really helps to like kind of balance that digestive system internally helps with that pH control within the body as well. One really simple, easy apple cider vinegar remedy, Ruth, that we use is if you have, let's say high cholesterol, or you have a lot of this ama that you're trying to like sludge out of the system, 
in the morning, first thing in the morning, you know, before you grab that coffee or that chai in the morning is at, exactly. I mean, who yeah, isn't, you know, right. you raise, who doesn't, right? So in the morning after you brush your teeth, um, we also talk about scraping our tongue, which is a whole nother separate topic. Maybe another podcast, we'll do that together. Let's do that. Um, that sounds fun. <laughs> then we take, we say, just get a cup of uh, warm water and add a little bit of honey, like, you know, a teaspoon or two of honey, and then about 10, 15 drops of apple cider vinegar, or like, you know, a quarter or half a teaspoon of apple cider vinegar, mix it all together and drink that and drink it first thing in the morning. And then you can even have that a couple of times throughout the day if you wanted to, but the combination of the warm water, the honey and the apple cider vinegar really helps to scrape all that sludge out of the system and kind of revive the system. And you'll notice a difference as you start doing this. You'll even start helping to regulate your bowel habits, like the whole nine, right? Again, it comes back to bowels. <laughs> so yes, we love apple cider vinegar, Ruth. Okay. I love that because um, uh, I hear different things about apple cider vinegar, but boy, it really, really helps. And so you're saying before we do anything, brush our teeth, and then before we have coffee or water or anything, do that little simple yes. addition. Okay. With the honey and the, um, mm-hmm. I will definitely have that in our, in our, um, in our notes. Sneha, we are um, out of time. I know you have to go and teach. I can't, I, I would love to, would you, would you be willing to do another podcast and keep talking about some Ayurvedic options? Oh, I would love it. This has been so much fun. Thank you, Ruth. Oh yeah. I, I mean, we have so much to talk about. So I just, uh, um, I would, I would love your, you know, to pick your brain. Cause I know there's just so many questions I have personally. And I, but I know that those questions, I can hear other people asking me those questions. And, and um, I, you know, and if anybody out there has some specific questions, call me, text me, and we can, you know, get Sneha, Sneha on here again. And um, are you in Albuquerque right now? by the way? I am. I, I'm back and forth because, you know, like you said, we're transitioning to Asheville. So okay. I go back and forth a lot. I, I am here for a couple of days and then I go back just, just with the transition, you know, it's a lot of travel and stuff, but then I will be based out of Asheville. Asheville. Okay. How much, how is, is it a, is it a direct flight? Um, I have one layover usually through Atlanta. So it's, it's an easy flight. It's, maybe five hours in total. So it's a very nice flight that way. Um, You know, Albuquerque to Atlanta, Atlanta to Asheville from Albuquerque. A lot of other places, it's a direct flight to Asheville, but you know, cause we're out here kind of in this little mid Southwest area. It takes a couple of stops. We have just about two minutes. I have this question I love to ask. Um, if you think you can ask, we could do it next time if you want, but um, I just want to quickly say, where do you think we find God in our body? That is such a great question. <laughs> and if so, you want to think on that and answer next time, because I know you have to be in class in about 15 minutes, but. Um, I think, you know, I'll start it off at least of, from the Ayurvedic paradigm. It's like, what is God, right? It's such a eternal question. Me personally, with the integration of Ayurveda and the exposure that I've had to different spiritualities and different teachers throughout my life, I really look at it as like divinity and light. We say, what is that? 
right? And where does it really exist? And it exists in every single cell because it is true love. It is true compassion. It is true light. It is true intelligence. And when I say intelligence, not like the academic, I got an A, you know, on my exam intelligence, but the intelligence of understanding the world, the intelligence of what already exists and having that connection. So I personally feel that it's within every part of my being. And we experience this, right? Sometimes that, that whole concept of, you know, we call it intuition, but what is that? Where does that come from, right? It's like when, when I just know that, when I feel open, when I feel vibrancy, when, I, when I'm accepting and loving of all, it's like all my cells are singing beautifully, right? And, and that happens within my being. So I personally feel that that light, that divinity, um, whatever the somatics are, you know, whatever you want to call it, I feel that it's within every cell of my being, within every cell of your being, within every cell of every individual's being. So we're always looking at the individual, the client of everyone has that light. And how do we start getting in touch with that light again? I love that. Yay. We can definitely expand on that, but that's, uh, I love that answer. Thank you so much, Sneha. We will be in touch for another time. Um, I appreciate you being here. Thank you. Um, and I uh, will let you go. I don't want to let you go. I want to keep talking, but I'm looking at the clock going, oh my gosh, you've got to go. You're like, we have to end at this time. I'm like, okay. So thank you so much for your time. And I will, um, I will uh, call you again for a, a session soon. Definitely. No, this has been a pleasure and a complete honor. Thank you so much, Ruth, for your thinking of me. And it's such an honor to talk about Ayurveda. Any, any way that we can help an individual heal, man, I'm there. I, I'm right there. Us too. Good job, sister. <laughs> Thanks for being a bright light. And I will talk to you very soon. Awesome. Have a great day. All right. Thanks for joining us today for this fun interview I had with Sneha Raichata. If you have any questions for her, we're going to do another interview going deeper into Ayurveda and Ayurvedic medicine. So if you have any questions about Ayurveda at all, please text me. You can give me a message on Instagram or Facebook, or you can email me, and I will get those questions ready for Sneha so she can be prepared for our next interview. Have a wonderful day, guys. See you next week. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Your Body Advocate with Ruth Cummings. We're so glad you've joined us today and truly believe you can live a pain-free, passion-filled life. To connect with Ruth, work with Ruth, or to grab your free ebook, go to ruthcummings.com. We'd love to hear from you. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe so you don't miss our next episode. Until next time, friends, be open, include the unincluded, think outside the box, and spread love and kindness one smile at a time.